Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Ayo. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. We're headed into week six of the fantasy football season. It's been a very exciting first five weeks. Week one got me really nervous. There was like no fantasy scoring. My team stunk. But I would say they have recovered very, very, very nicely over the last, you know, handful of weeks. And my teams are coming together. How are yours looking? Now the trick is just keeping them healthy. Yes. Because uh, yeah. we've had a lot of injury news, uh, a lot of very unfortunate injury news, not just this week. It just feels like every single week they continue piling up. But this week felt particularly brutal. I had one team lose A-Chan and Connor in one week. Yeah. Everybody's going to IR. You're going to IR. You're going to IR. And I'm sick of it. Justin Jefferson going to IR. Devin A-Chan. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you've been depending on lately that are going to miss at least four weeks. So we're going to talk about some replacements that you might be able to use as we go throughout our positional, you know, we go through our rankings very loosely, right? We're just talking about different players that we're high and low on at each position. So we'll start here at quarterback and make our way through running back, wide receiver, and tight ends as we go through the show. But let's just start right off the top here at quarterbacks. Obviously, we have, you know, Mahomes and Allen and Hurts at the top. Every week, you just plug them in. I think Josh Allen is just going to have an absolute monster week like he typically does. Uh, But very excited for him. But then when it comes to Justin Fields, you and I both have him ranked as a top four quarterback this week after two monster performances in week four. 28 points week five 33 points quarterback one on the week all of a sudden now he's a top five or I think like top three in fantasy points on the season that's all it takes is two amazing weeks after three disappointing weeks but against the Vikings I think it's just going to keep going yeah I think the the thing that you like about this Vikings matchup is the fact that this isn't a strong defense uh this is like a team that's going to have to Um, you know, I think be in a position where they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. The Minnesota Vikings are, I think that's going to be, you know, just the same situation on both sides of the ball. Like, I don't think either of these teams can play good enough defense that it's not just going to be one of those offensive shootouts. And I like it, this happens. I feel like every time we have two, you know, offenses, obviously you have, you know, the loss of Justin Jefferson on one side of the ball. Like every time it feels like you have these question marks of like, oh, well, these defenses are really bad. I don't know about these offenses. 
the offense always wins out in these situations. So I think we're probably going to just continue to see fireworks on both sides of the ball just because of that lack of defense. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is one of the best plays this week. And then, obviously, if you have Lamar Jackson, you're plugging him in. It was a bad week for him last week, but that was not his fault. His uh, receivers just kept dropping every single ball. So he'll be fine. You keep plugging him in. Seven drops on the week. Oof. That is terrible. Tagovailoa. You have him at quarterback five. I have him quarterback seven. I don't want to hear anything about the pronunciation of his name. My mouth cannot say it. I don't know what to tell you. I cannot say his last name. This is why you're not headed for a career in broadcasting. Yeah, probably not. Um, Don't let NFL Network know, please. I mean, still holding out hope there. (laughs) Uh, Don't ever. Maybe after Tua retires, I'll have a chance. Yeah. But. Tua's going up against Carolina. Now, for him, it's so weird because the Dolphins' offense has been, what, so great? Like, pretty much this whole year besides in the Bills game. But it hasn't turned into a ton of fantasy production from Tua. He's had the two big games and then three really not very good games at all for fantasy. When it comes to this matchup against the Panthers with Jalen Waddle back healthy with Devin A. A. Chan dealing like out with an injury, do you expect them to lean on Tua a bit more? Yes. And that's like you have Jalen Waddle back, um, you know, presumably healthier even than he was last week. I do think that, you know, some of this, this, you know, inconsistency from Tua, like I think we're going to see that with how good the run game is, right? Like if you, get that going, which they have been able to do great. Um, we both like Raheem Mostert a lot this week too, but I do think without Devin Achan there, they're going to need to throw the ball a little bit more. And guess what? You have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL to throw it to. So like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, obviously you want to rely on the run when you can. Raheem Mostert, I think is going to do a fine job as the team's RB one. You have Jeff Wilson coming back, but it, all of that combined just gives me a little bit of faith in Tua. It's not, you know, a, a bad matchup necessarily. It's not a, a perfect matchup. This has been, um, you know, a, a matchup against the Panthers has been really productive for the run. Yeah, we'll be so, talking about that. Yeah, so that, like, that's the biggest hesitation, I think, in investing in Tua this week. But I think what you can expect is efficiency, and that's what this Miami Dolphins offense has done so well. Yeah, for sure. I do like Tua this week. I mean, if you have him, you've been plugging him in every week because you know the potential he has in any given week. It's hard to sit a guy like that. And he's not been killing you. Just, you know, three or five weeks, he hasn't been great. But a guy that was killing you for a very long time, and then everyone – Sat him, and I, I was one of those people to tell you to sit him, all right? It happened. I told you to drop him. <laughs> well, that was – okay. You didn't tell – you didn't really mean to drop him. Eh, maybe. 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 Is Joe Burrow good now after his huge performance last week against the Cardinals? He is saying he's fully healthy. The reason you did say you could drop him if you needed to was with the bye weeks and stuff. And he has a bye next week. And then after that, he gets the 49ers and the Bills. So if like you need him to have a massive game against the Seahawks, because this is after that bye week, I'm not playing any quarterback against 49ers. I'm not doing it. And now if the Bills are you know dealing with as many injuries as they are, maybe that ends up being an okay matchup. But even then after that, you get the Texans, the Ravens, um, the Steelers, which 
But Joe Burrow has kind of had some bad games against yeah. the Steelers too. Like this is not necessarily. Well, maybe you a try good to run. trade him at this point after a huge game. But let's say you still have him. I do think he ends up having a nice game in this matchup. I mean, Andy Dalton put up twenty four points against the Seahawks. Jared Goff twenty three points in Week Two. Daniel Jones didn't have a nice game in Week Four right before the Seahawks bye week, but. Daniel Jones rarely has a good game. So I'm going to just erase that. I will say like all of Joe Burrow's production came from Jamar Chase and a ton of that production came after the catch. So it's really not like Joe Burrow is just like hitting on all cylinders here, but, and that one last touchdown that was like a 60, whatever yard yard after the catch by Jamar Chase. Like that's really what, got Joe Burrow to have such a good day before that it was like 200. He was going to end with about 250 yards, two touchdowns. That last touchdown just really put him over the edge to having a, an amazing game. But again, I have him ranked as a quarterback nine. You have him as a quarterback 10 this week. I think he's a very, very viable option. And he, we know he has a high ceiling as long as Jamar Chase is out there. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, T Higgins might be back in this game. He practiced, uh, after missing week five with a rib injury, um, limited, but it seems like he might be good to go. Usually with ribs, it's like this pain tolerance thing. So if he's good to go, like that's obviously going to help. And and the fact that he says he's fully close to fully healthy, that's a big, that's a big thing. Because I, I do think that he was very, very limited when he was kind of stuck in the pocket and couldn't couldn't you know buy some extra time with his legs and, and and you know extend plays that was tough yeah absolutely if he's healthy then it's gonna look much better and I do think through the you know through the next two weeks especially through the bye then he'll be getting much healthier just unfortunate he has to come back after the bye and play the 49ers so we'll talk about that then though when we have to cross that bridge Another player, a quarterback I very, very much like this week, you not as high on him, is Matthew Stafford. He gets to go up against the Cardinals. Now, I'm not high on Matthew Stafford because he's been good for fantasy. He's been pretty bad, right? I mean, he doesn't have a single game over 16 fantasy points and four-point t- pass touchdown leagues. Uh, last week was his first game with two pass touchdowns in a game. First game uh, since week one without an interception. But I do just think against this Cardinals defense, they allowed Daniel Jones to score 31 points. Burrow, obviously, last week to score 24 after doing nothing for four weeks. In week four, Brock Purdy put up 22 points. This defense can be beat yeah. pretty easily. And I think Matthew Stafford with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, he's just going to get it done. And I do think he can have 300 yards, three touchdowns in this game. So I, I really like him. Yeah, this is one of those things where I, the I feel like the production pushed him down in my rankings a little bit, but I I also I keep looking at the the opportunity, right? Like when you look at wide receivers and a chance for a potential breakout, you see like okay, like who's being targeted deep down the field and maybe it's just not connected yet. Like I feel like all of that kind of applies to Matthew Stafford in a way like he's passing the ball a ton. He's got two of the best wide receivers in the league. Like, the touchdowns have to come. The yardage has been there. He just needs to put the yardage and the touchdowns and the lack of interceptions together, which kind of every quarterback's goal, I guess. But that 
that has sort of been the barrier, despite the fact that I think he's playing really well this year. And it, it just hasn't necessarily translated to fantasy production. But it Tyron does... Williams has been stealing a ton of touchdowns that kind of yeah. halted last week. Now, I, I still will. You know, I don't know if we're going to be talking about Kyron Williams too much in our running back segment, but he's still a guy that you're going to play every week until he tells you otherwise, right? Until he proves for a long enough time that you can't play him. But you keep playing Kyron Williams, and maybe he does steal touchdowns in this game, but I'm willing to bet that Matthew Stafford throws at least two touchdowns and he could get three with 300 yards. Two guys, though, that are not going to hit. Well, especially one guy who's not going to hit 300 yards or close to three touchdowns is Deshaun Watson. And we're not really a huge fan of either quarterback in this matchup when it comes to fantasy points in week six. So it's the Browns versus the 49ers. So you we're talking about Deshaun Watson here and Brock Purdy. Now, obviously, if we had to start one, we'd prefer Brock Purdy. I mean, he's like the running ba- or the quarterback five or six on the season, depending on what scoring format you play in. He's been really good, and I know he had four touchdowns last week. It might be hard to bench that. But Purdy is much better at home than he is on the road. Now, his stats overall, his efficiency and his pass rating, good no matter where. But his fantasy points, he's averaging 23 fantasy points at home this season, only 15.8 points on the road. And this correlates with last year. He had splits last year on the road where he was only he only averaged 16.8 points per game on the road last year as well in starts. So it does seem like he is much better at home. The Browns have a good defense. I think he will be okay because his weapons are so amazing, but I don't expect it to be more than a 16, you know, fantasy point day. On the other hand, with Deshaun Watson, I, ju- I don't want to touch him at all if he ends up playing. Yeah, so that's the the other kind of weird thing, right? Um, Deshaun Watson missed uh, the uh, – well, they had a bye week, but um, missed the week prior. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson got the start with a rotator cuff contusion is what they're calling it. The team's being kind of sketch, and I don't know. I don't I, – I don't know. I don't want to speculate, <laughs> but it just feels like there's weirdness there. They're being very secretive about – his availability and his status and I don't it there's something weird going on in Cleveland I don't want to speculate but it it doesn't seem seem great well what I am speculating is that Deshaun Watson in the back this is the reports that came out after week four it said Deshaun Watson could have played but he just wasn't quite there yet you didn't feel comfortable going out in the field right and then we go through the bye week in week five and now still in week still not practicing he has witnessed this coaching staff screw over a quarterback after playing through a shoulder injury just five seconds ago. The whole reason Deshaun Watson has a job in Cleveland is because of a quarterback injury to his shoulder. It was Baker Mayfield tried to play through a, a, an injury. Trying that really, to be a hero. Yeah. And what did that get him? Absolutely nothing. It screwed him over for, what, two years until he found a good landing spot with the To be fair, yeah, Baker's kind of killing it right now. Yeah, but it screwed him over for a good uh, full season, at least. Anyways, maybe that comes into the back of his mind. Who knows? Either way, if he does play this matchup against the 49ers, no. No, thank you. He's not going to be able to run, and he's not going to feel safe running, right, with this shoulder injury. It's also you're probably not going to be able to run on the 49ers. Anyways, he's going to get pressured a ton. I want nothing to do with him in this matchup. No, both quarterbacks are huge. I would love him to play in this matchup, though. 
and to have to face that pressure just for my own yeah. happiness. A little, a little bit of Javon Hargrave, a little bit of Nick Bosa. Yeah. Wake you up a little bit. A little bit of uh, uh, Warner. Everything. But yeah. yeah, I kind of really want him to play. Maybe <laughs> he's just not playing. Oh, uh, you hate to see bad mm. things happen to good people. Yeah. All right, moving on to our running back rankings. I'm kidding for those of you. <laughs> my name might be new to the show. Yeah. Uh, talking about the 49ers, obviously Christian McCaffrey is at the top of our rankings. I don't we're what? Not, the Browns defense is good, but it doesn't matter. Tony Pollard, though, we each have at our running back too. We're not worried about his last two weeks. This matchup is really great against the Chargers. It should be a high scoring game. You keep plugging in Tony Pollard. He's gonna be great. And then Austin Eckler's coming back. That's a huge so relief for people because there's been a lot of running back injuries, like we said. So at least there's awesome Eckler coming back for those of you who haven't had him over the last couple weeks. Bijan, you're still plugging in. And then then we get into guys that we think are going to have huge weeks that maybe don't typically Although Raheem Mostert does have some huge weeks on the season, we're expecting him to just have a monster week against the Panthers. I am at RB5. You have him at RB6. I don't think either one of us would be surprised if he finished as the RB1 on the week. Would you be? No, not at all. I I think that this matchup is literally perfect for Raheem Mostert. Like, this Carolina Panthers defense, we already mentioned it, just has been so easy to run on that – it's almost been not conducive to pass against them, even yeah. if you probably could, um, but you don't need to, which is kind of crazy. Third most rushing yards allowed to running backs this season, second in fantasy points per game allowed. Running backs are averaging 5.3 yards per carry and uh, almost a touchdown and a half per game against this defense. Like the, the you know, third most broken tackles, everything about this mashup screams Raheem Mostert. Like, Get the ball in his hands and just let his speed take him down the field. You miss one forced tackle and boom, you're gone. Like, it's not going to take much for Raheem Mostert. Yeah, everything's lining up perfect, perfectly for him to have a monster game. I mean, A, he's just good. He's, he has scored 15-plus fantasy points in three of the last four weeks, including two weeks with 25-plus points. Devin A. Chan is out with an injury. He will be out for the next four weeks. And like you said, the Panthers are allowing the second-most fantasy points to the running back position this year. So if you have Raheem Mostert, you're probably plugging him in anyways. Like, it wasn't a question, but make sure he's in your lineups. And DFS, he's a fantastic play. You'll have to spend up for him, but do it. You have right behind Raheem Mostert, Isaiah Pacheco, Chiefs running back, playing on Thursday night football against the Broncos. I completely understand your reasoning. Running backs destroy the Broncos. I do have him lower at running back 17, but I do really like Pacheco this week. Like, if I roster him, I want him in my lineups. There is just some other bigger names, other guys that I think have a bit higher of a ceiling, but I probably do have Pacheco ranked too low. I'll end up moving him up a couple spots. But this matchup against the Broncos is just It's amazing. a gimme. Yeah. It is a gimme. I, Pacheco's finished in the top 16 each of the last three weeks, which I also feel like when. I don't know. But, like, he's he's been quietly he's scored productive. a touchdown in each of the last three weeks, and that's what it is. Because and, yeah, his that yards continue. Are, yeah, his yards have only been great against the Jets in week four. Besides that, nothing special. Like, the last three weeks, 62 rushing yards. 115, that was a good one, and 55 rushing yards. He's just scored a rushing touchdown in each of those games, but that should continue against the Broncos. And it's not just the Broncos are bad against running backs. Every week they are just giving up (laughs) 
like in the twenties to like every starting running back. Like Michelle, imagine me out there in the open field trying to cover Isaiah Pacheco. That's probably what you're getting out of the Denver Broncos. And I have a feeling that this team is looking to like tear it down analytically, like despite the fact that you mentioned like a, a lot of that that production has come on the back of touchdowns. Ninth in missed force tackles, seventh in yards of ten or more yards, eighth in yards after contact per attempt. Like he's analytically No, he's a good running back. He has been absolutely crushing it, and I think that this is going to be a great Uh, I'm gonna uh, end up moving him up toward at least to like probably around the RB twelve range. RB seventeen's too low in this matchup. So yeah, definitely if you roster Isaiah Pacheco, you play him, him. You play him for sure. Uh, going down this list here. In case of emergency, honestly, you could probably play Clyde Edwards-Alaire, too. I'm just saying. I was thinking, like, how crazy can you get here? Because you do expect the Chiefs to just beat up on the Broncos. I wouldn't get unless you're absolutely desperate. I wouldn't do it. But as we talk through these running backs, I mean, they get thin extremely fast. Like, I think very few people are going to be playing running backs in their flex spots this week because I love a ton of wide receivers. They're like, I get into the thirties and I still love wide receivers this week. I get into the twenties. I'm like, I don't want to play any of these running backs. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll talk about that, that, but as we go down this list, obviously you're playing in David Montgomery. He's been great. Kenneth Walker. Josh did you Jacobs. see the, did you see the, the clip? I feel like we have to shout this out, uh, of, um, coach Dan Campbell for the lions talking about, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. He basically calls Jameer Gibbs like a change of pace back. Great. Um, so happy you spent a 12th overall pick on that a change is, of pace back. That is what is so, it, like, the most bizarre. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here. He didn't say he's a change of pace back, but he, he basically did. And I, I'm going to be honest, you know, regardless of the health of Jameer Gibbs, you don't love to hear that about – you know, this kind of praise and this yeah. level of praise. Jameer Gibbs is really hard to play right now. Again, unless you're, I'd rather play Jameer Gibbs and Clyde Edwards a layer, but the fact that it's even yeah, a, a, uh, that yeah. you're comparing the two tells you everything you need to know. They just, they love David Montgomery. And I think the lines are going to have to fall down in a game, like be down a score or two for Gibbs to be utilized to his fullest. And, the lines have just been up and against the Buccaneers, I think it'll be a close game. I don't expect them to be down ever really a ton. So probably (laughs) another just David Montgomery game, but to go down this list, uh, Kenneth Walker in your lineup, Josh Jacobs in your lineup, Kyron Williams. I know he had a bad game last week. Keep plugging him in. Like he's, yeah, he has all the snaps in that Rams backfield. And then Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara in your lineup. But Alexander Madison, I know people have questions about him every week because he has he hasn't really gone off, but he's been fine, right? He hasn't had crazy high weeks. He hasn't had he had one bad week. Besides that, it's been pretty solid. Like he's a solid RB two, and I do think in this matchup against the Bears, he's a really really good play. Now my only worry is that last week they should have tied the game up at near the end. They should have tied the game up there right near the goal line. Jared Goff tosses the ball to Alexander Madison, like a short little pass. Oh, my God. Uh, Same quarterback pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Kirk Cousins just like, you know, does a little dump off to Alexander Madison. He drops it. And it was if he he probably would just had to make like one missed tackle and he would have got in. I don't know if that makes the team question him. Maybe play Cam Akers more, but. 
I really just still think this is Alexander Madison's backfield. And if he gets the touches he normally gets in this matchup, it's going to be a great one. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers, after coming over from the Rams, you know, got limited snaps in week one with the team. Week two, I think, was a much bigger question mark. Like, as he adapts to this offense, as he, you know, gets gets accustomed to the the But he doesn't change, look good. He doesn't look good. Um, but you saw literally zero increase in his snap share in uh, week five as compared to week four. 29% of snaps played in each. And Chicago is, like, the matchup. Like, it... it well, if the Broncos the are the matchup for running backs, but if the Broncos weren't, it's the Chicago Bears. Alexander Madison's the RB19 on the season, and he's doing that with scoring zero rushing touchdowns so far. Like That's a really that's hard like thing impressive. to do. And it's not because the Vikings offense stinks. It's just it's not working out in the way. It's not like other running backs are taking these touchdowns either. It's just the luck of the draw. They haven't been in the position for him, you know, right at that goal line. Things will change. And if he's already the RB19, he's already a good RB2 without scoring rushing touchdowns. Just keep playing him. The points will come through just like they came through for Brees Hall mm-hmm. last week. Uh, week five against the Broncos. What we're saying, you play your running backs against the Broncos. Yeah. Brees Hall went off. Now he went from the easiest matchup to one of the hardest in the league. The Eagles defensive line is no joke. And they're really good at stopping the ru- the running game. But I still have Brees Hall as running back 14 this week. You have him at running back 18, so not too different. But just to be clear, like both of those, you, you, start you start Brees Hall. Yeah, you start Brees Hall. There's no question about that. You can't sit him. It literally takes one misforced tackle for Brees Hall to win you a fantasy week. Like, Last week, and, you know, again, this is his fifth game coming off a torn ACL. He hit 21.5 miles per hour on his 72-yard touchdown week five. That is the eighth highest speed hit by any player at any position so far this season. Coming off a torn ACL. Like, this dude is ridiculous. But, again, you mentioned the the Eagles defensive line. They're the only team allowing fewer than 10 fantasy points per game to running backs averaging just about three yards per carry to running backs tied for the six fewest broken tackles for us. Like it's not a good matchup. So it, again, you can't sit him, but I think you temper expectations and Plus you hope more he upside breaks elsewhere. Yes. Like you're going to probably have a bunch of stuffed runs, but all you need him to do is break off one yep. and then your week's going to be fine. And I, I think Brees Hall will do it. I just don't think his ceiling is going to be what you want it to be after his week five breakout. Yeah. You just have to hope that he gets targets as well because you do expect the Eagles probably will beat up on the Jets a little bit. Un poquito. But Brees Hall, especially in the passing game, he just needs to break off one of those. And we've seen him do that. And little screen games, he can take that to the house. So you plug in Brees Hall. Now, this is another guy I think – you have to stop questioning and just plug in until his snaps go down. And it's our boy. <laughs> it's Zach Moss. I mean, we have to just talk through this whole Colts backfield, right? What to do with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Because, again, this isn't an easy matchup. against. It's against the Jaguars. We said this last week, though. We are like, oh, we don't know what to do with these two guys. It's a really hard matchup. Like, 
it's really hard to trust either of them. The Titans are a very hard matchup for running backs. And Zach Moss said, I don't care. I'm going to go put up 200 scrimmage yards. And Zach Moss said, mind, he said, mind your business. Yeah, I don't. I, listen, we love Zach Moss, but I'm even surprised about how good he looks. I mean, every run he has, he looks good. I sat him in pretty much every league, and I have him everywhere. I, did, I sat him in two leagues. I played him in one it's uh, and I was very happy in the one I played him in but this week I'm just gonna plug him in do I expect another 33 point performance absolutely not but he's played four games this season he's had a game of 21 fantasy points of 23 fantasy points and 33 and a half fantasy points again I just named three games that were crazy for him he's only played four games this year so I don't know how you sit that. And he got almost so many of the snaps, so many of the touches that, yeah, Jonathan Taylor might steal more of those this week, and he will. But there's still a lot of room for Moss to come down and still be good for fantasy. And also, I don't know how, if you're the Colts at this point, you say Zach Moss takes seat. We're going to just utilize Jonathan Taylor only. Well, he's looked too good. He's looked too good, but also bringing up the fact that they have an injury right now to quarterback Anthony Richardson dealing with a shoulder injury in his throwing arm. Like he can miss a decent amount of time. What do you do in that circumstance? You establish the run with running backs. Like obviously Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league. Zach Moss is playing super well, like one of the best running backs in the league. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he's playing like it. So I, I think this is kind of the, if you're going to, lean heavily on a running back tandem this is probably the time that you do it while your starting quarterback is injured yeah and I think you still can start Jonathan Taylor it's just I have Moss ranked literally one spot ahead so I have Moss at running back 20 run Taylor at running back 22 it's not that I think Jonathan Taylor will finish at running back 22 I am still worried about what workload they'll give him yeah. But we know what his ceiling is like. It's a lot like Brace Hall where he can take any play to the house. So I'm going to have him up there. And that's what you're plugging him in for. You're hoping for that one big play or maybe they get around the goal line and they put in Jonathan Taylor instead of Zach Moss. But I was saying on another podcast, I have Zach Moss is kind of the perfect running back for what the Colts are looking for right now. He doesn't. It, it's really that grinding running back that wears down defenses. Jonathan Taylor is more of like, the finesse guy, I mean, he is bigger, but he has the speed. He can break long runs, but he's not capable of just, like, tearing down a defense for those five-yard runs, five-yard runs, five-yard runs, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always been Zach Moss's problem is he's never gotten – He's never gotten the, the workload, workload yeah. and that is he's the kind of running back. He's a running back. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he gets stronger as the game goes on. Yeah. And he wears out opposing de- – like, that. that's definitely, you know – that's his game, Jonathan Taylor. And it's been working. They've been winning. I mean, I agree with you. I want to see Zach Moss, too. Uh, I wanna... <laughs> all right. Well, one last running back discussion to have on another backfield. It's Keontae Ingram or Amari DeMarcado for the Arizona Cardinals. So James Conner goes down. He's out for four weeks. There is a good chance that you might have to play one of these guys. And a lot of people picked up Amari DeMarcado off of waivers this week. Keontae Ingram was inactive last week when Amari got those carries and those touches after Connor went down. He was inactive due to a neck injury, but 
it looks like he's good to go. He's going to play this week, and he is listed at the top of their depth chart. Which one are you going with if you had to choose one guy to play? Because I know I'm choosing DeMar Cardo. I don't care that Ingram's at the top of the depth chart. I think I go with DeMarcado. DeMarcado. Um, yeah, we're going to have to learn his name. if, if We're, we're yeah. going to have to deal with this for the next four weeks. I mean, it just historically, Ingram hasn't necessarily been an efficient running back. I think the ceiling appears to be, at least from the outside, a, a bit higher with him, uh, DeMarcado. Um, I don't know if it really is. I don't know. You know, I think James Conner was a very integral part to this offense. I think his presence is going to be very yeah. much felt. And to be totally honest, I would not be surprised if the answer is neither. I wouldn't be surprised either. But if I'm going to go with one, it's not Keontae Ingram. I mean, Keontae Ingram, through two years now, has 39 carries for 75 yards. That's bad. 1.9 yards per attempt in his career. I mean, this year it's been 12 carries, 15 yards, 1.3 yards per attempt. And he, he only has 75 more rushing yards than me. <laughs> and he has just five receptions, 29 yards, 5.8 yards per reception. Like he's been absolutely terrible. And last week you saw Demarcado come in for James Conner, have 10 carries, 45 yards, a touchdown, like, yeah, 4.5 yards per carry. You'll take that. And he also has six receptions for 40 receiving yards on the season this year. So he's an undrafted free agent rookie this year. He actually has more receiving yards than James Conner this season. That's insane. I know. I thought that was wild. When? I don't know. But because it wasn't all just last week. So he's been getting in for some receiving work. And I I think he's just he's the guy. I, I expect them to have to pass more against the Rams. I expect the Rams to be able to score. So I'm I'm going with Amari. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I don't have him ranked super high, but I do think you can plug him in if you need to, and definitely over Keontae Ingram. So I have him at 25. I would rather play him over guys like Rashad White or Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Pierce or Jerome Ford. I it just or Jaleel McLaughlin also at this point because Javante Williams is back. Javante Williams is back. I don't think anyone in that Broncos backfield is going to be great against the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have nothing to add. Still playing Zach Moss, though. Yeah. All right. Moving on to wide receivers. We're through two positions. We got two more to go. Wide receivers. Like I said, there's a lot. You love them all. I, there's a lot I want to play this week. So much deeper than running backs, which makes sense because there's more of them on the field. But. Ah, ah, that's the analysis you came to the ball last podcast <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah. We're not going to talk about these top guys. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup. You're playing them, right? 100%. They're amazing. AJ Brown's great. Plug them in. CeeDee Lamb, it seems silly to have to talk about. In, I think everyone would play him, but they might be a little bit worried about. It's been three weeks now where you had an okay game in week four with 15 PPR points, but then 10 points in week three nine points in week five I think he comes right back to life against the Chargers I think it's a a huge game for him yeah Chargers lead the league in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers averaging 232 receiving yards 15.7 yards per reception both of those metrics rank top two uh in terms of like fantasy production allowed to wide receivers 
CeeDee Lamb, like, despite the fact that he's had kind of a quiet season, like, he's playing really well, uh, averaging seven targets per game, catching 77% of his targets, uh, ranks 14th among wide receivers in receiving yards. The biggest issue has been touchdown production, and the Chargers have been giving him up left and right. Six touchdowns to wide receivers over the last four games. Uh, yeah. 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 So he'll be great. I know Devontae Adams has been struggling a bit and it's not the best matchup against the Patriots, but you keep playing him in DJ Moore has been electric. He should continue that against the Vikings. Keenan Allen just gets all the targets and Puka Nakua is still amazing with Cooper cup back. Both of them finished top 12 in week five. Oh Both. yeah. And they're going to do it again this week against Get the Cardinals. That's why we like Matthew Stafford. Uh, but then I have Calvin Ridley. Ranked as my wide receiver 10 this week. You have him at wide receiver 13. He came through with a very good fantasy day last week. Uh, finally, because it was since week one. I mean, it was week one. He had a huge game. And then three weeks of doing pretty much nothing. To then coming back with a great game in week five. The reason why I love him this week is because of the matchup against the Colts. I mean, they have been just allowing wide receivers to do whatever they want against them. Puka Nakua, 31 points. Nico Collins and Tank Dell, each over 20 points. Calvin Ridley, 24 points in week one, the guy we're talking about. And DeAndre Hopkins last week, who has done nothing all year, puts up 11 or 140 receiving yards against the Colts. Any concern that this defense is going to maybe like game plan more heavily having faced Calvin Ridley already this year, having been burned already any hesitance. I don't really think so because then you're just going to have to worry about Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram. Like they have other playmakers. So I don't think they can just pick, Oh, we just need to focus on stopping Calvin Ridley. So I think Calvin Ridley's an amazing play. I also really like Christian Kirk this week. I have a wide receiver 16. You have a wide receiver 22. Still, still saying he's a wide receiver two that you plug in. Yeah. So play Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk in this matchup. Is Adam Thielen. Yep. Becoming a weekly must. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. No, but, it's not. No, it's really not. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. He is a weekly must play, but it's so silly that we have to say this. Like Adam Dealing, the guy that was just non-existent last year, is just killing it with his new team and Bryce Young. And it's not because like the Panthers look good. No. But he <laughs> is getting fantasy points, especially in PPR leagues. But he also has three touchdowns over the last four games so he's getting it done in all scoring formats you have him as a wide receiver 12 i'm at wide receiver 19 which is probably just too low for this man because all he's doing is putting up a ton of points yeah he's been the go-to guy going up against the dolphins this week you expect the dolphins to just trample over the panthers which Mm -hmm. would mean that there's going to be a lot of garbage time yeah 20 or more fantasy points in three of five weeks this year he ranks top 12 among wide receivers in targets, receptions, receiving yards, yards after the catch. He is one of 18 wide receivers to score three or more touchdowns. Like, you play Adam Thielen. Boom. Yeah, I know. It shouldn't even be a question. It's not a question. It shouldn't. Like, well, okay, it, like, it legitimately you shouldn't dra- be. You drafted him late. so you It might doesn't matter. Him, but, yeah. You throw the draft out the window at this well, point saying, in the like, year. We're in week have... six. Yeah. Also, uh, another one. Jacoby Myers, just keep playing him as well. I mean, yes. he is Jimmy Garoppolo's love of his life. Yeah. 
and bringing revenge that, game against the Patriots. That is what I want to talk about. That revenge game. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun one. And you know what? Like they're rekindling all of the love that they had in New England, and now both of them have a revenge game. Like they're gonna need to dial in on one another for this entire matchup. Because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, former New England Patriot. Oh, yeah. I was wondering where you're going there. I was like, who else has a revenge game? Hello. It's both of them. Both of them. I would actually love to see that. Uh, One guy that I think is very exciting. He's a lot more exciting than Adam Thielen, right? But Adam Thielen will probably outscore him. Yeah, this guy is definitely (laughs) going to be outscored by Adam Thielen. Hey, hey, hey. Jordan Addison, will he take a step forward with Justin Jefferson out I and you say yes. I'm at wide receiver 18. You have him at wide receiver 17. Kevin O'Connell has come out this week about Jordan Addison. He said he is one of my favorite players I evaluated in the draft. Since then, it's been positive after positive outside of driving a little fast one time. Oh, he's talking about that. Okay. He's talking about the incident where he was at what was he cited or? He was pulled yeah, over for speeding fast. like right. 100 miles I only read the end of this one. That's why I was confused there. He said, my expectation is we hit the gas with Jordan this weekend. No pun intended. He 100% intended that pun. Oh, yeah. And that's like, stop yeah. pretending like you did not intend the pun. Uh, you did. There's a huge opportunity for him here. Like, yes. absolutely huge. With Justin Jefferson out with injury, he should step into that role. He is a very, very talented wide receiver. Coming out of school, he was my top wide receiver and no Jackson Smith Ajigba was but Jordan Addison was right there with him after that Addison does he has 50 plus receiving yards in four of his five games played that's very good for a rookie he did have zero yards in the other one but we'll ignore that game has scored a touchdown in three of the five led the Vikings in targets receptions receiving yards last week in week five and he also had a touchdown I think this is a great game for him against the Bears I mean, the you couldn't ask for a better matchup to like get the ball rolling without your top receiving option. Would not be surprised if we still see TJ Hawkinson lead this team in targets and in opportunities here in week six. But I also think KJ Osborne's a, a fine play as well. Yeah, I, like, I, I think this is just like a flex play, but I would much rather play KJ Osborne than the running backs we were talking about before. That's why I was talking about flex plays. Like, give me KJ Osborne over a, a Rashad White or a Jerome Ford or Ooh. someone like that, or, you know, a Gus Edwards or a Damian Pierce or a Miles Sanders. I, I'll take a KJ Osborne or a Josh Palmer, which we'll get to in a bit, but I'll, I'll take those guys over them in the flex. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Uh, what in the world do we do with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? Yeah. Two second year guys who we know are extremely talented, who are stuck with very bad quarterbacks at the moment. Uh, Derek Carr is dealing with a shoulder injury, and that clearly has affected Chris Olave's fantasy points. He will face the Texans this week. Garrett Wilson is stuck with Zach Wilson, and he will face the Eagles this week. Now, Garrett Wilson actually has a really nice matchup. The Eagles have allowed a, a ton of points to the wide receiver position. Chris Olave, on the other hand, wh- since Derek Carr's injury, he had 1.4 points in week four, six targets for four receiving yards. And then week five, he scored 9.2 fantasy points in PPR, but he scored a receiving touchdown. So he had six points <laughs> just from that short touchdown. He had 12 
receiving yards on five targets. And he saved his day slightly. I mean, nine points PPR is still terrible with the receiving touchdown. The Texans aren't a great matchup for wide receivers. What are we doing with these guys? I mean, it, you know, ugh. I don't know. <laughs> I like I, I think it's very hard to sit either of them just given the state. Of- I don't think it's hard to sit Chris Olave. I understand where you're coming from with that. But I, I, until Derek Carr shows us that his shoulder is workable. and He's he also can, managing a toe injury, which is, I, I think, relatively new. I, Olave. Yeah, Olave um, leads the league in targets of 20-plus air yards, 14th in team target share, second in targeted air yards. Like, the opportunity has been there. But I do think that this shoulder injury to Derek Carr is going to torpedo him. Let James Winston play. Let you, I don't that, care about his interceptions. Let him play. Chris Olave would be fine. Olave had catches of 45 yards, 42 yards, and 28 yards over the first three weeks. His longest catches over the last two weeks were four and seven. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So Chris Olave is getting destroyed because of the stupid shoulder. And I, I'm okay not playing him. And if he goes off on my bench, then fine. Maybe Derek Carr's fine and I'm okay. I'll plug him in again next week. But if I have other better options, I'm okay sitting Chris what Olave. Do you, where do you draw the line, though, for a guy like Olave? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So, like, I, I want to play guys like Gabe Davis, Christian Kirk, Jordan Addison, Marquise Brown, Jacoby Myers, obviously Adam Thielen. Like, you have other options. I want to play Garrett Wilson over him. I'll talk about that why in a second. So I do think there's other options. I, I obviously didn't name all the top guys that you're – clearly playing over Chris Olave, but Mike Evans, any of these guys I would feel better about. Yeah. I think Olave. I think that's fair. Um, Michael Pittman, I, Drake London. Even if this were kind of a middle of the pack matchup, like defensively, I think I would feel maybe a little bit differently, but this is not just a bad situation for Olave. It's not just a toe injury for Olave. It's also a, a bad matchup, and it like it's the perfect storm to sit him and watch him go off on my bench, probably. Yeah, but also even but, in the first three weeks, it's not like he was going off. He was having very nice receiving yard games, right? But his going off, and again, these are PPR points, so they might seem like a lot, but 19, 14, 18, those are great games. Like the 19 and 18, great games. You're going to take those. But those aren't games you're going to be nauseous about sitting him, right? It's the Jamar Chase's three touchdown games that you're nauseous about. Is that how someone. we measure like fantasy plays? No, but like via you're talking nausea? about a guy with like so much upside that you can't possibly sit. I don't think Chris Olave has that right now with Derek Carr. Yeah, I think but, that's fair. But Garrett Wilson, on the other hand, obviously doesn't have great upside with Zach Wilson, but the matchup is so much better for him than Chris Olave. The the Eagles have allowed at least one wide receiver to hit 17-plus fantasy points in every game this season, and they've allowed two wide receivers to hit at least 16 fantasy points in three of their five games. So they are just giving away points to the wide receiver position. You expect the Jets to have to throw a lot. We were talking about we don't think they're going to be able to run too well, so we're high on Garrett Wilson this week. Can you trust T. Higgins? This week against the Seahawks. Jamar Chase came through with a massive game last week. If T. Higgins plays, are you trusting him? I don't think you're trusting him. Um, 
<laughs> like you might play him, but I don't think you're trusting him. And it, like, again, it's been feast or famine. He is practicing. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. It's not a bad matchup either. The Seahawks are allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Four games of 100 or more receiving yards to various wide receivers. Um, there should be plenty of opportunity to go around, but he's finished outside the top 80 in three of his four games this year. Like either you are going to win your week or you are going to lose your week on T Higgins. And I think you need to make your decision based on whether or not you can afford to lose your week for T Higgins. Yeah, it's unfortunate because you know the talent, you know it's there. I I kind of hope because I do have him in one big league. I do hope he kind of just sits out, you know, goes to the bye. They Take have a the bye week. decision yeah. out of your heart. I, yeah. I kind of want him to sit out because we've seen this before where he's played. He's as he's playing like last year. He came in, he played one snap, and then he was out. Else again, the rib injury. It's a pain tolerance thing. You take one big hit, yeah, and you're done. And that that's very scary. And obviously, that's the case for all football players every time, injury or not. But like, T. Higgins at this point is coming. He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career, so just something to keep in mind here for the future. He's not in a very desirable position, I would say, for being a, a guy in a contract year. Not, yeah. but. I mean, I feel like he started off the season like this last year. Tons of time. I'm sure he'll – the whole Bengals will probably come through and have a great second half of the season. So, keep – I mean, keep holding on to T. Higgins, obviously. But I would prefer to have him sit out and not have to make that decision this week. And then I think an easy decision this week for me, at least, is I, I don't want to start DeAndre Hopkins if I don't have to against the Ravens. It's not even so much the Ravens are so great, right, at – defense overall we, we just saw George Pickens have a nice day against them but he had Hopkins had an amazing day against the Colts who have been allowing everyone to have an amazing day against them at the wide receiver position but he was averaging just 54 receiving yards per game over the first four five week or four weeks of the season he still has zero touchdowns on the season I really just think last year had way more to do with the matchup than it did with the team finally getting Hopkins involved yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to necessarily love about Hopkins here. Um, I, I think that you look at the situation. I don't think Baltimore is like a lockdown matchup. They've given up some big plays, like the, the George Pickens touchdown. That was a, what, a 42-yard touchdown. They've had a couple of big plays that have really shot themselves in the foot. But I think generally speaking, outside of you know some of those, like a couple of breakoff plays – generally been pretty solid lead the the league in pff coverage grade i think that they're you know a little bit tougher than maybe you'd guess uh but yeah yeah, yeah. i'd rather play i think i'd rather play it's close josh palmer over i kind of like josh palmer in this matchup i think it's going to be a super high scoring game chargers versus cowboys and on monday night football I do think Josh Palmer has a, a solid week. No. So, okay. yeah. All right. All right, moving on to tight ends. Last position to get through here. At the top, I don't care if Travis Kelsey's dealing with an injury. If he is active, he is in your lineups. He's that's, expected to play. Yeah, and that's all that matters. Even if he only plays 
when they get around the goal line, I am fine with that. Like, okay, I only need you there then. Like, I don't really care. Whatever snaps Kelsey has is better than 95% of other tight ends. Yeah. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, fantastic. Dallas Goddard finally had a huge game last week. And I think you just got to keep playing him in the Jets matchup. They're hard overall. I mean, they're actually not what they were at all last season. This has been a, a decent matchup for tight ends. Yeah. Despite the fact that like they, they might lock down some wide receivers, but yeah, the tight ends say, like for wide receivers, it's not the best matchup still, but for overall in the passing game and for tight end, like it's really, they're not what they were last year. Yeah. But tight ends, I think especially are a little bit safer than maybe some of those outside wide receivers. Now, obviously Sam Laporta, has been fantastic. Evan Ingram, you're just going to keep plugging in because there's not really other guys that have been as consistent and have upside like he does. George Kittle had a huge week, and unfortunately I don't think he's going to have a good game this week. But if you drafted George Kittle, it was for those weeks last week. So you keep plugging him in because you know he can have those huge performances. And then do you think after these huge names, it comes down to Logan Thomas Mm -hmm. is the guy after them? Like, Obviously, if you have one of those big names, you're plugging them in. But if you don't, does it then? Logan Thomas should be the guy you're playing, especially in PPR leagues. Especially in PPR leagues, for sure. Yes. 12th in routes rung among tight ends, like has had so much opportunity despite missing a week. Like that's how involved Logan Thomas has been in terms of like the the game plan for the commanders in terms of his receiving ability. House tied for the fourth most targets per game to the tight end position. He's leaned very heavily, whether that be on, you know, Logan Thomas, whether that be on uh, Cole, Cole Turner, mm-hmm. um, like John it, Bates. It, John, it, it doesn't really matter. He's the tight end seven this year in fantasy points per game behind just George Kittle, who scored most of those fantasy points thanks to his tight end or, you know, his three, three tight end. Yeah. yeah. Three touchdown performance in week five. I think Logan Thomas is actually probably going to be one of the better receiving options. Sam Howell is obsessed with tight ends. Yeah. I would like, love him to throw to his wide receivers, please. Love you, Sam Howell, but please feed Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, which I've given up hope on. Uh, another tight end, I think, after Logan Thomas. So Logan Thomas is a great play. We both are back to being high on Jake Ferguson this week. Last week, we were low on him because he was facing the 49ers. You just you don't play most players against the 49ers, but especially tight ends. They just don't do anything, right? But now he gets a friendlier matchup. I, I think Jake Ferguson, it, he's been a good play this year, right? After week one, it was weeks two through four. He was a very solid fantasy performer. Week five, again, he came up against the 49ers. But now that he's in a nice, solid matchup, you plug him back in if you need to. I have him at tight end nine. You have him at tight end 11. Like, this is a guy – that if you don't have one of the elite guys, you don't have Logan Thomas, he's a very viable option. Yeah, I think this is a fine matchup. Jake Ferguson, tight end 13 in fantasy points per game, despite some of those down weeks that you mentioned, um, being targeted on nearly 25% of his routes run, which is one of the highest rates among tight ends in this league. Like When he is on the field, Dak Prescott loves Jake Ferguson and – I think especially in like a full PPR format, you know, he's still expanding his role in the league. He is still a second year tight end. Like 
and I think this matchup's pretty decent. It should be a, a higher scoring game, and I think the opportunity is going to be there. Yeah, so I, I do think he fits in with this group of tight ends as well that I'm about to ask you about. Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, and Tyler Conklin. I kind of have them all here in the same tier, and I might put Jake Ferguson in this tier as well, but I do think he's just slightly above them because I do think he has a little bit more upside. But with Zach Ertz, he gets the Rams, which is a, a solid enough matchup, and he's getting a ton of targets. Hunter Henry gets the Raiders. Now Hunter Henry started off the season really hot, but then he unfortunately met a lot of tough defenses for the tight end position. But gets a nice one this week. And then Tyler Conklin seems to be the only person that Zach Wilson knows how to get the ball to. And he gets the Eagles this week. If you're grouping these guys together, which one do you feel the best about? Or do you feel okay, you know, plugging in any of them if you had the option to? I like Zach Ertz. I like Zach Ertz a lot. He's tied for the fourth most targets among tight ends. um, Ranks seventh in total receptions. He hasn't been efficient, which... Wouldn't expect him to. He's coming off a torn ACL, and he's like 18 million he's, years it's old. It's not even that he hasn't been efficient. He's averaging 6.6 yards it's per bad. reception. It's, it's bad. It's the fewest among any. There's like 58 players with 20-plus receptions this year, and he has the fewest among hey, all positions. shush. Yeah. He's still a good PPR play. No, I, I agree with you. I and the matchups, you. Yeah. The, the matchup's nice. This Rams defense allowing the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. Three touchdowns over the last two weeks. Dallas Goddard, 25 fantasy points. Uh, you, know, you have the Colts tight ends combined for 23 fantasy points. Like, Yeah, that was just Andrew Ogletree and Mo Alley-Cox. If I asked. 23 points in week four. A, a lot of our listeners, if I asked you, who does Andrew Ogletree play for? I'm going to guess I'd be met with plenty of silence. There's going to be a few of you degenerates who, who know who Andrew, Andrew Ogletree. Ogletree is. But... Yeah. Most most people would be like, I don't I don't know. Like, yeah, Andrew Ogletree, almost 14 fantasy points last I, week. I do think uh, I, I like I like kind of like all these guys. You know, if you're just you're looking for a tight end this week, I do think there's a lot of nice options. I don't think any of them have super high ceilings. But Zach Ertz, like you said, in PPR league, he should be pretty solid. Hunter Henry, he started off the year really, really good. 16 points, 17 points. I mean, that's fantastic for a tight end. But then he ran into the Jets defense, who has gotten softer, but still not the easiest of matchups. He had nine points against Dallas, who is a pretty hard tight end defense, and then had zero points in week five against the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to talk about the Saints in a bit here with another tight end that has to face them this week. You don't play tight ends against the Saints. You haven't been able to since the start of last year. So uh, I'm not shocked that he had a bad game. I am willing to pl- plug in Hunter Henry this week against the Raiders. And then Tyler Conklin, as I don't really understand. But with Zach Wilson starting in three of the four games, 50 yards, 58 yards, 67 yards. I mean, for a tight end, you can't really ask for any more. Six targets, six targets, five targets, five targets. Like, He's getting the targets. He's getting the receiving yards. He's not getting any touchdowns. So if you're not in a PPR league, then don't play Tyler Conklin. But in PPR, I think Conklin's fine. Yeah, I agree. It's not going to be So rank these guys really quickly. Ferguson, Hurts, Henry, Conklin. I think that actually might be my order. No, I think I go Ferguson, Henry, Hurts, Conklin. Um, Hurts, Ferguson, Henry Conklin. For They're me. all kind of just in the same tier. 
Yeah, I, like yeah. whichever guy is available. I do think. I like, think if you're in a standard league, then you go with Hunter Henry or Jake Ferguson. If, if you're, you're in a, a PPR, PPR you go with Ertz or Conklin. Yep. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We had to talk about this. These Falcons. Ugh. Falcons tight ends. Because Johnu Smith has been eating into Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been absolutely terrible for fantasy, except for last week. He finally came through. Now, I will say people have been playing, playing, playing Kyle Pitts, where he's destroying you, all for the ceiling game. And the ceiling game was 15 points in a full PPR league. I just don't know. Like, the reason why I let it go with George Kittle is because he has those 30-point games like we saw last week. Like, those are what he's capable of doing. You don't get that out of Kyle Pitts because he doesn't ever score touchdowns. So I am completely over you know, losing weeks. I, I never have him, so I'm not losing weeks with him, but I'm completely over telling people to lose weeks for Kyle Pitts because the ceiling's just not high enough for me. But you also have John U. Smith here taking so many snaps, so many targets away from Kyle Pitts. And this commander's matchup is not very good for tight ends at all. They've yeah. only allowed one touchdown to a tight end this entire season. They've only, you know, they allowed Cole Komet to actually have a pretty solid fantasy week last last week, but that's it this year. They held Zach Ertz to eight points, Dallas Goddard to four points, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox combined for four point four points. So it hasn't been great for tight ends over the last three weeks against the Commanders. No, well, well I, I said that, but Cole Komet had a good game. Yeah, but it you know again kind of came thanks to a touchdown which you needed, or else it wouldn't have been a great game. Yeah. Um, Pitts has just three more targets this season than Johnny Smith. Both are averaging like right around 11.5 yards per reception, which is fine. But here's the thing. So like there are all these rumors that Kyle Pitts might not actually be healthy. Ended his season early last year due to a knee injury. Well, yeah, they're all saying that he can only go left, right? All of his routes were run to the left. And, and this is not coming from us. It's coming from all over Twitter where, uh, you know, people are noting it out that his route tree was all to the left, which at this point, if we're hearing about it, I'm guessing. I'm going to guess defenses. Have, yeah. yeah. Caught on to that. He's being outpaced by Johnny Smith in yards after the catch per reception, yards per route run, passer rating when targeted, missed, for, missed force tackles after the catch. Like pretty much every single kind of metric that you would – expect a really explosive guy like Kyle Pitts to blow the doors off of he is not getting it done and I, I think that might be your indicator that like yeah he's probably not not healthy well, yeah and I mean since week two Jono has outscored Janu Smith has outscored Pitts by 11 fantasy points he has 246 receiving yards to Kyle Pitts's 164 yards on nearly identical amount of targets and snaps so if, if i'm playing one in this matchup it's Janu smith and if uh, i'm only playing Kyle pitts if like i have no if i don't have the option to play hunter henry or tyler conklin or zacharitz or jake ferguson which or obviously logan thomas would be the top of that which logan thomas is still available in way too many leagues so yeah uh looking at my if my you don't have <laughs> travis kelsey or Hawkinson, or Andrews, or you Laporta. Be rostering Logan yeah. Thomas, available in 76% of ESPN leagues as of our recording. And if I had George Kittle, I'd be looking to trade him and just pick up Logan Thomas. Yeah. Because George Kittle has to be a headache to roster. He really does. 
I mean, he loses you as many games as he wins you. I agree. Uh, and then last tight end to discuss here before we close out the show, it's Dalton Schultz because he has had two really, I mean, solid fantasy days for tight ends. I mean, last week was great. 10 targets, 40, 65 receiving yards, a touchdown, scored 19.5 fantasy points. Week four, he came through with the touchdown, 42 receiving yards. So it's been two good fantasy weeks, right? So people might trust him now, might plug him in. The thing is, he has to go up against the Saints. I want no part of that whatsoever. Since the start of last season, so not the start of this season, the start of last season, that has now been, what, a 22-game span? 17 games last year? Yeah. 22-game span. The Saints have allowed one single tight end to score over 10 fantasy points in a full PPR league. That was Kate Alton last year in week 13. That might seem random, but he had 10 targets in that game. He came down with just 28 receiving yards on those 10 targets and had one touchdown. And that was the tight end that scored the most points on them over the last 22 games. And that was 14 points because he had 10 targets and a receiving touchdown. But again, only 28 receiving yards on those 10 touchdowns. Or on those 10 targets. Is this a true fact? Is Kate Otten one of two tight ends that have scored on the Saints defense among all tight ends? Uh, over the last two years, yeah. Uh, wow. Kate Otten has done it twice. So apparently That's he, crazy. He knows how to get into the end zone. There you no, go. Nobody else does. That is pretty wild. Kate Otten, Kate Otten actually has two of the three. So there's only been three tight ends. I wasn't going to get into all this. There's only been three tight ends to score even 10 fantasy points in full PPR against the Saints over the last 22 games. Kate Otten was two of those three. That's crazy. Which is really, <laughs> really funny. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'm staying far away from Dalton Schultz. No, thank you. I, I understand Tank Dell will probably be out with a concussion, and you might think more targets will go his way. He might get more targets, but I don't expect anything of it. Yeah. So I'm sitting here. I would even play Kyle Pitts over Dalton Schultz, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for today's show. I will have my fire and ice article out as always on Thursday on the day game, the game day.com. I will tweet it out. So don't miss that. I'll also have my sell high buy low players of the week on NFL.com on Friday. Kate, what do you have coming out this week? Yeah, I've got my weekly bus article for Yahoo fantasy. I've got in case of emergency waiver wire ads for pro football focus. So be sure to check those out and uh, still talking all things Steelers for behind the steel curtain. Oh yeah. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at ball blast em, ball blast E M and I'm at Kate Majuk. That's M A G D Z I U K. Do you think people are pulling out their pens right Just now? Just in case. All right. All right. That's it for today's show. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye.